You're listening to the premier podcast for men who want to not only be better with women, but want to be better men in general. This is the Come On Man podcast. And here's your host, Paul Bauer. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another week of Come On Man. If you haven't done so already, please like, fave, subscribe, hit those notifications. If you are listening on your favorite audio platform of choice, like Spotify or iTunes or Google Podcasts or Amazon Music, like we're on everything. Um, But whatever platform you're on, if they have the ability to give us a five-star review, please give us a five-star review and actually write out why you like the show. And uh, every week I ask you guys to leave a comment on, on YouTube. So if you're watching this part, the intro, just comment the word comment and, you know, hit that like button. Smash that like button. Isn't that what they say? <laughs> That's what the kids say these days. <laughs> oh, man. All right. This week, I have a really, uh, really fun guest. Uh, this guy reached out to me on, uh, I think he reached out to me on Instagram, if I remember right. But uh, he's got a pretty substantial TikTok following, I think bigger than like, I think way bigger than mine. <laughs> it could be too that uh, I got banned last year. So uh, I think if you added up what I had then and what I have now, maybe we'll be on equal terms. But right now, right now he's up there. Uh, he goes by Rudy A and his TikTok handle is Rudy A official. And he's the host of the Gen X podcast, of which I was a guest. Uh, we actually recorded this episode before his episode, but his episode dropped before mine because I always record these and put them in the can and schedule them out. So at the time of recording this intro, my episode on his show dropped. So go back and check that out. It's actually it's actually a pretty good one, uh, if I do say so myself. And, um, but yeah, man, Rudy and I talk about all sorts of stuff. He's, he's divorced just like me. His, his divorce story is very similar to mine. He did step out on his wife, uh, which he, he totally regrets now, but he talks a little bit about that. Uh, he, his hair was thinning much like mine. Uh, but instead of just shaving it, like I did, he actually had hair transplants. So we talk a little bit about, uh, what guys can do when they're thinning and going bald, like what, what their options are. Uh, so it's a fun conversation and I think you guys will really enjoy it. So stick around. I will bring you that conversation right after these words. This episode is brought to you by Shopify, whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm not sure what you're doing tonight, but what I'm doing involves a bottle of Carvassier and a lady. Well, maybe not the crevasse, but definitely a lady. If you're like me, you're tired of expensive, girly-smelling colognes from expensive department stores. You don't want to smell like a little bitch. You want to smell like a friggin' man. That's why I've partnered with Duke Cannon. Duke Cannon has a wide range of men's grooming products that actually smell manly as hell. My personal favorites are their Naval Supremacy Bar Soap and all of their awesome-smelling colognes that women love. I have several of their colognes for different days of the week, but my Saturday night cologne is Grant because it gets the job done, if you know what I mean. Right now, if you visit duke.comeonmanpod.com, you get free shipping on orders over $25. Using duke.comeonmanpod.com tells them I sent you and you get free shipping. Win-win. Again, that's duke.comeonmanpod.com. Don't smell like a little bitch. All right, joining me this week is the host of the Gen X podcast and a man with a substantial TikTok following where he talks about being divorced, life advice, and coaching. That sounds familiar. His name is Rudy A. We'll just call him Rudy today. What's going on, Rudy? Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me, Paul. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for reaching out, man. So I went through a, a bunch of your, your TikToks uh, mm-hmm. in doing some homework 
And, and I'm sure it's a long story, but uh, so feel free to give us like the cliff notes, but sure. But you're, you're divorced. Can you, can you tell us uh, your, your divorce story? Oh God. Well, I married my high school sweetheart and oh, I got married okay. at 21, which uh-huh. is pretty stupid. I don't know. Dude, I got married at 20. <laughs> so, Hey, we made the same mistake. Yeah. So. Yeah, dude, uh, yeah. <laughs> so we were married 16 years and it just became a thing where we grew apart. Mm-hmm. We became different people. And as much as we tried uh, therapy and counseling, one thing I've always said about counseling is that you can go to counseling. You can say, hey, we went to counseling, but if you don't implement what they're teaching you at home and just repeating the same behaviors, you're just going to end up in the same situation. So uh, the other bad thing is that I did have an affair back in 2018 within like eight years of the marriage. And I, it ate me up inside. Yeah. So I confessed and I told her, look, I made a mistake, but I'm going to do whatever I can to make it up to you. So I tried from 2008 to 2016 to make things work. Mm-hmm. And I, we can never get past that. Plus there are other items that came about, but I'm, I'm the one who finally asked, like, look, I can't do this anymore. I want to file for divorce. So I was one of the uh, small percentage of men who file right. and requested it, but it was for the best because we have a great co-parenting relationship. I didn't leave her for another man, another man, ha, another woman. And she didn't leave me for another man. It, it, it was a mutual decision and uh, she's remarried and we all get along great. So it was honestly one of the best decisions I ever made. Yeah. What, what made you, uh, step out in the first place uh, as far as cheating yeah uh oh that's a long story but it was really a point where i kept asking and you know hey let's do it you know as a husband at the long day at work you know you just want to do it and be, being told no mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh at that point i was getting frustrated because I, i'm loyal and you know fast forward two years of that and it's not consistent it's maybe one or once or twice a month and here I am in my late 20s, just aggravated and just ready to do something. So then right. I deviate like every other guy and go to the restroom with their cell phone. And I'm <laughs> in there 45 minutes to an hour. So and it was like that for another year. And it just became like I became lonely because at that point she was do, saying a lot of things to me. Um, again, I wasn't the perfect husband. I, I've admitted that plenty of times on my TikTok. Oh, sure. But uh, it was a lot of things like I didn't feel appreciated. I didn't feel like I was getting attention. I felt like an idiot because anything I did at the house was never the right way or her way. Uh, everything I did was stupid or wrong. Uh, anytime I was helping with the chores, says, no, you're doing it wrong. Just get out of here. I do it myself. I just felt like an idiot and like unappreciated at home when I felt mm-hmm. I was being a great husband. Mm-hmm. And after years of doing that, man, I started getting attention from younger females because I started losing weight and I fought temptation as, but as long as I could for about a year, but ultimately, you know, I just gave in, I couldn't help myself. So finally I did it. Mm, got it. But it's years. It wasn't just like an overnight decision or getting drunk. And, you know, making yeah, you a said, dumb decision. You said it was uh, about halfway through, right? Yeah. Yeah. It took a long time for me to convince myself to do it because, again, I was trying to validate this bad decision. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah I mean, most people are do that, right? That when they're, oh, yeah. when they're cheating, they're, they, they'll justify it somehow. Yeah. And, and then they do it and with. then they feel like shit or they don't. I, I don't know. It depends on the person, I guess. Um, now, you also you have a series on TikTok about what you learned about divorce. So mm-hmm. what's, what's the, the biggest thing that you, you, you've learned from divorce? Uh, great question. Uh, there's several lessons, but uh, for me, the biggest lesson was just taking accountability in my mm-hmm. own decisions. Uh, I recognize because when things were going bad and I know couples counseling wasn't working out, I decided to go to therapy on my own. And again, it really helped me recognize the asshole that I was from time to time. So just looking back and knowing how I messed up about how I arrived at that decision, it really helped get clarity and learning how to take accountability for all my decisions, including going into the dating world. Whenever I had my heart broken or was a simp in some cases, I look back, okay, I could hate her. I can blame her, but let me go back. Did I make any exceptions or break any of my rules because she had a nice ass and tips? You know, oh, I'm sorry. Can I curse on your show? Oh, please do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I look back and I take accountability for the mistakes I made. So that's really the biggest decision I learned and also how much I can take because as far as going through something horrible like a divorce can be and going through it alone, uh, it just made me a whole lot stronger to appreciate the small things, but also, like I said, take accountability. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of men could do with some introspection like that. When, when a relationship fails, yeah. there's a lot of finger pointing. You know, especially mm-hmm. in the the men's space, a lot of yeah. guys are oh, like you know, women ain't shit, and women are cheaters, yeah. and, and and it's like, what did you do wrong though, bro? Like you can't you can't change women, 
You right. can only change yourself. You can only make yourself better. And I know for a fact, like when I, <laughs> when I was, I was married um, and I was married for 14 years, got married oh, too cool. young. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, after like, you know, year seven, just miserable, pretty much. What um, led to your divorce or like after year seven, what happened? You guys grew apart like we did or something else? I was just totally grew apart. Um, never, I never cheated on her. Uh, you know, no, no judgment there, but like mm-hmm. that just, that didn't happen. But, uh, I, I got to the point where I didn't want to be in the same room with her though. Like I, I, know that I did not like that woman, you know? And, and mm-hmm. so I would, much rather go sleep on the couch. Uh, I set up a cot one time and in my, I had an office mm-hmm. and I set up a cot in the office and I would just go sleep in there because I didn't want to be in the same wow. room with this, with her, you know? And, wow. but I, but I was raised, you know, with the idea that uh, you, you know, you made vows, you got yeah. married, like there's, you know, there, there's no quitting. Right. right. And uh, my parents are still together. They, pretty much hate each other, but they're still together. (laughs) Right. But that's just how, that's just how it was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just was like, I was just going to stick it out no matter what. And I, I, you know, she just had had enough. Uh, she was, you know, she's a tactician. So she, she was like, you know what, we should move back to Colorado. That's where we're at now. Um, okay. We should move back to Colorado to be closer to family. I'm like, yeah, yeah, good idea. And so we move out here and, uh, what she was doing, you know, she was planning this whole thing for a while and waiting yeah. for the, the uh, Colorado was getting ready to implement a new uh, alimony law. Um, oh, she was, she was playing chess. She was yeah. like five oh, moves she ahead was, of you. Oh, she yeah. was, I had oh no God. idea. Yeah. I had no idea. Like, cause I, we had been miserable for so long that it was just like that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. And then just one day she took the kids, ran to Denver, calls me in Denver. Like I live on the, the Western side of the state. So that's like five mm-hmm. hours from me. So she calls me, she goes to Denver to visit her sister. She calls me from Denver. She's like, by the way, I filed for a divorce on the way out of town. Oh, I have the kids. I'm not coming back. I'm like, what the, what? Over the phone, over the, over phone. the phone, over the phone. Oh man, yeah. that sucks. And then, um, yeah. So after that though, after convincing her to come back, figuring out a parenting plan, you know, ended up getting 50, mm-hmm. 50, she wanted full custody. Once we got all that stuff worked out, things have been okay. You know, That's it, good. every couple of years she takes me back to court cause she wants more money or whatever. But other than that, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I feel like our divorce wasn't as bad as some guys, like some people like in the comment section, they've just been, they get destroyed, just been absolutely wrecked by some, you know, some of these women out there. And it's, and it's just like, wow. Um, yeah. so yeah. that, I mean, that being said, that mm-hmm. horror story. Um, mm-hmm. and your your divorce wasn't that bad, but um, no, not at all. Would you ever get married again? You know, <laughs> it's funny because when I started TikTok, I kept saying hell no and okay. never. Okay. Uh, but as the months have gone by, you know, I'm open to it. I've met a wonderful woman. We've been dating for two years, and I thought, like any other guy, because again, after my divorce in 2016, I was a professional man whore for quite some time and had my fun and dove into that toxic dating pool. My man. And, yo, man God, I, yeah. I, I caught up for 16 years of, of just horrible sex. So I did my thing. And <laughs> I thought my, I thought I had my girlfriend pegged. Oh, she's just this and that. I'll figure her out. She's proven me wrong <laughs> over everything and proved to me that I don't know Jack about all women. Some I do, but not all. Mm-hmm. So she's a wonderful woman and she's the opposite of everything I've ever encountered, which took me a long time to get used to. I was so toxic. I was trying to self-sabotage it because I knew she was too good for me. Oh, uh, wow. I felt I didn't deserve it because mm-hmm. I was so used to three, three week, three month relationships in the toxic world, it imploding and then moving on to the next person here. She stuck with me. She was, no, I love you. And I'm like, what? You know, this is so different. So mm. I am saying uh, officially yeah. that I am open to it now. I'm not going to do it right away. She knows I'm very you know, patient and think about things quite often. I have kids and, you know, it's, it's, it's complicated when you get older. Oh, it's yeah. not as easy when you're young. So I'm open to it. Definitely. Yeah. Have you heard of uh, Dr. Robert Glover? I have not. You have not. Okay. You should check out. He's, he's written uh, some books. One of them is if you ask any guy in the space, right. Uh, mm-hmm. is, is like a life-changing book. I've read it a couple of times. It's called uh, no more Mr. Nice guy. Yeah. Uh, he used to be a marriage counselor. He was a marriage counselor for years. And 
he <laughs> I think he's on his third <laughs> wife now, though. Uh, oh, OK. But third time's a charm. But after this. Uh, so after he was married and divorced the second time uh-huh. is when he went looking for answers. Right. And uh, <clears throat> that's where he ended up coming up with his book. No more Mr. Nice Guy. And right. And I guess. I had him on the podcast, so I asked him all this shit, but he, um, he said that after that second divorce, he was like, I'm never doing it again. There's no way, hmm. no one, hey, hell, I'll do it again. And then he met his current wife and, uh, you know, like, it's funny it's it, guys. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying you shouldn't get married. I'm not saying you should, right. shouldn't get married. I'm not a fan of it. I don't think mm-hmm. there's a benefit for men to, to at least get the government involved. Right. Yeah. I, um, I would agree with that, especially with the divorce side. That does need to be revisited. I don't yeah. think anybody should be crippled financially for their life, you know, after a divorce. It, they got to revisit those rules. Yeah, yeah. But like, I'm I'm all about relationships, right? And I've yeah. I've been dating one woman for for the last year. She's great. Treats me great. You know, awesome. But uh, but yeah. So I mean, it's it's funny. I feel I feel like a lot of guys will be like, yeah, not doing it again, not doing it again. But then they'll eventually justify it and go, yeah, you know, you know, right. I, I think she might, she might be the one, you know, <laughs> for, for me, when I was saying never, uh, I had like a, like a, a realization not too long ago, I was in my garage. Uh, just, I saw this box all tattered and just torn apart. I'm like, what's in that box. And I looked in it and it was pictures of my kids, uh, mm-hmm. baseball first birthdays that I, that were packed up from the first house I had to move out of. And I'm like, oh my God, this is like, I had these pictures. So I started putting them in a plastic bin, putting them away. And all this pain of having to pack all my belongings from my first house just started resurfacing again. Like, oh my God, I haven't felt this in over seven years. Mm-hmm. And it kind of made me realize that when I was saying never about marriage, it was because I never wanted to experience that again. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like, uh, not the fear of marriage, it's the fear of it failing and then it, that pain. Because I never want to go through that again. You've been divorced. Yeah. You know how painful that experience is. I don't wish it on my worst enemy yeah. at all. So I think for me, when I was saying never, it was deep down, I was scared to possibly have it fail and go through that pain. Yeah. Well, let me let me ask you, uh, when you talk about pain, like what what was painful about it exactly? Because I, I know you did. A, you also had a TikTok where you showed a picture of you at like uh, just the your lowest moment. I think it was at some kind of party yeah. or a reception yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. And you were like, it was that moment that you realized it was over or something, right? Um, right. Was so. I mean, was the pain because you like the whole thing failed, or like I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth. What? No, it's fine. Uh, you're, yeah, that one was one of my first viral videos. It's like at three and a half million, I think, and uh, that really blew up for me. But it was a photo that I was at a high school reunion, and uh, me and the wife weren't doing well. And I felt that everybody had knew about us. Somebody was gossipy because, you know, I confided into friends back then and I know better than to do that now. But, you know, people talk regardless of who you think they are. And if you trust them, people talk. So we went to this party and I just felt everybody knew how bad we were. And I felt very uncomfortable. And I told her, look, uh, I'm not feeling too good here. Can we leave? And she looked at me. No, I want to have a good time. You go home. Uh, I'm going to go to the after party with everybody. And that broke my heart because she's supposed to be my wife and, you know, my, my right side. And. I, at that point, I felt like I had nobody. So there I uh, am just all like a Picasso painting, just depressed on this chair. And someone took a photo of me and said, hey, are you OK? And I replied, no, I'm not. I don't care if everybody's looking. So it was that moment where I knew I had to move on like I because I, I still loved my wife at, at that point. And I, I fought as much as I could, exhausted every option that I could to make it work. And I knew at that point it was over. Mm-hmm. So it was a pain of like, I hadn't realized that I wasn't, a, you know, everybody feels like they're a failure at the end of a divorce. Yeah. And I let my kids down. This is the house they were supposed to grow up in and all these other things. And now you're selling it. So I felt like a failure in that period. So after going to therapy, you know, I realized I wasn't, but uh, I just felt very low at that point. So that's the photo. But again, it's I, in my opinion, I look back at it now, it's the start of a new life. And I smile yeah. when I look at that photo. As yeah, despicable yeah. as it as it looks. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hear you. Cause I was I was thinking about that when you were saying uh that you felt pain. And I was like, did I feel pain? Because it's been years now. Uh and I yeah. was like, I did actually. I felt pain, not like I felt like a, a tremendous weight had lifted off my chest, right? Because okay. we weren't we weren't happy for a long time and I was never gonna throw in the towel. But the fact that she's the one, like she's the one that ended it, it was just like, mm-hmm. oh. Like I have no choice in the matter, right? Mm-hmm. Great. Now I'm free. 
But at the same time, I felt like a failure. Like both my grandparents never got divorced. My parents right. never got divorced. Like that's just not something my family did. Mm-hmm. A lot of my aunts and uncles have all been like married and divorced and stuff like that, but not my family, like not my right. family. And, and you uh, didn't want to be the first. Yep. And, and here I am setting records. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's a, it's a interesting, interesting perspective on that. Um, uh, but I will say, I think people who get divorced get a bad rap because I think people who go through it are the bravest people out there because you're going into the unknown versus what you're unhappy in. Cause some people, you know, like they say, divorce is not an option. They'll choose to stay in a circumstance where they're just not happy and just make a means with that. Mm-hmm. And for those who choose to start over uh, and go out there, it's the most terrifying decision one can make. So I applaud them. It takes a lot of bravery to do that. Yeah, it it, it really does. I don't know. It's it's funny too, though, because you, I, I also get the people in the comments that, uh, you know, they'll disagree with me on, you know, whatever thing that I've put my, you know, whatever topic the video (laughs) is about. And Mm -hmm. they'll be like, well, I've been married 31 years and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, but are you still, are you guys still having like crazy monkey sex? Probably not. (laughs) You guys are probably just like the bestest of friends, you know, maybe you guys have sex every three months or something like that. Like to get out of here. Like you guys aren't happy, you know? Yeah. I get that too. And it's like, I always ask him, I have a theory on that and I'm still working on it, but everybody who's been married 30, 40 years, he always met at 19 or 20. And I'm a a huge advocate of people who shouldn't get married until at least 28, 29, because I feel all these social norms of having to get married right after college is bullshit. I mean, for people, they need to invest time in themselves. I mean, you're a kid, you go to college, go be you, discover who you are, what your passions are, find your identity before getting married to somebody. And then the couple, you and miss wife, that's your identity. I think you're cheating yourself and robbing yourself of an opportunity to really uncover who you are and what you've been put on this earth to do. And I think that's what happened with my, in my marriage. We grew apart. We became different people. Mm-hmm. And if we had waited, we would have never gotten married. So for those people who got married very young, like you said, I mean, you, you painted your world into this little box and that's all you've known. So of course you're happy, but do you feel cheated? You've never slept with another woman. You've yeah. never kissed another woman. Uh, I mean, do you not have options? I mean, I mean, I don't know. I, I just yeah. feel that people who get married that young and stay 30, 40 years together. Are you happy? Because a lot of couples that I know who've been married that long, they're sleeping in different rooms. Yeah. They don't like each other. They hate each other, you know, and they're <laughs> yeah, yeah. cheating on each other, but no one talks about it. Yeah. Yeah, so, absolutely. I like, yeah. I mean, so my situation, I, I was always that uh, like, we'll talk, I want to talk to you about this a little bit later too, sure. about like the idea of like red pill and, and blue sure. pill and stuff like that. Right. And I was a, total blue pill guy. I was always rushing for that white picket fence. So every girl I dated, even like, yeah, you know, lost, lost my virginity in high school. Right. I thought I was going to marry those girls. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. that didn't work yeah. out. Okay. <laughs> next one, the, the next one, like uh, they call it dating with sniper mentality, you know, just, mm-hmm. it's just put all my time and energy on this one chick and Oh, that she's the one, she's definitely the one. And, and, and so I, I had a, I had a slew of, you know, flings and stuff before I got married, but I was all, my goal was always like, I want to have kids. I want to have that white picket fence. Mm -hmm. So of course I, you know, as soon as I found a a live one that, (laughs) you know, like ended up, ended up getting married way too young. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just like you said, like you, you just really haven't experienced life yet. Plus uh, there's another, there's a, a really great book by, a guy named uh, Rollo Tomasi wrote a book called preventive medicine. It's like the second, second book in his rational mail series. And he, he lays out just uh, based, based on, you know, lots of studies and observations and stuff like that. There's, there's basically a timeline of of phases that women go through and, and women, you know, in their like eight, you know, 18 to 30, they're sort of in like a, like a party phase, you know? And And so a lot of times guys will get married super young and then their, their their wives will step out and stuff because they're still in that mental Mm -hmm. party. Girls night, ladies night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and sort of like guys kind of are too, you know, Mm -hmm. and I feel like uh, guys also don't have a lot of value in their twenties because they're not established in their careers yet. They're still going to school. So a lot of chicks in the, in their twenties, you know, are dating older guys anyway. Right. 
like guys really should, if they're, they really want to get married, they, like you said, should wait until their thirties when they're established. And then by that time, you know, chicks in their, their late twenties are are sort of getting out of their party phase. They're getting ready to go into what he calls their epiphany phase. Mm -hmm. And they're ready to settle down too. It's like, now you're both ready. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that correlates. Everyone kind of lives their life and just meets in the middle, like when their 30s starts. So that that does make sense. I got to read that book. So if you can send it to me after the show, a link oh, to that, sure. I'll, I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about your podcast for a little bit. Sure. How long? You said uh, you've been doing it for just under a year. Yeah, we started last June. Um, it really, it's it's a, a jumping point from my TikTok uh, uh, content, which is really divorce, dating stories, dating tips life advice, all the mistakes I did. So learn from my mistakes because I was an idiot when I was younger. So it's really that. And it's, it's with my co-host, Eric, who I've known my entire life since high school. He was married 18 years. I was married 16 years. We both got married at 21. So we've been there, done that. We're parents. We have daughters. Ooh, excuse me one second. Sorry. That was my middle year solid thing. We were both uh, parents. Uh, we've done everything. So we're just sharing stories of life experience. Like, don't do this. This is what happens. And we're both advocates and we have the same type of um, a message. So I have them on. And that's what the podcast is, is just sharing stories. And so people can learn from it just to improve marriages and improve uh, self-love. Got it. Okay. So it's just, just the two of you guys. Yeah. We sometimes have uh, like guests on the show. You know, we'd love to have you one day, maybe. So yeah, let's do it. Um, yeah. Okay. So what, what do you think that like my audience can learn from listening to your podcast? Well, uh, if they're young, I definitely would advise them listening to them because again, we're older, we're older men. We've made tons of mistakes and we've seen everything. We both, I've cheated on my wife. Uh, his wife cheated on him. He, he's gone through domestic abuse from the, from the male side. He mm-hmm. just shared a powerful story on our most recent podcast. So, you know, we've seen everything and what we preach, again, we're Gen Xers. So we've never took, we never blamed anybody for our mistakes. Mm-hmm. Anywhere we arrive in life or in business, anywhere we take accountability, we always look back with whatever happens in life. It's if the relationship ends, something doesn't end right. I always look back and, okay, what did I do wrong? What can I learn from this? Mm-hmm. And if anything, the younger generations need to watch the show to learn how to take accountability and learn from the mistakes and looking in the mirror sometimes and saying, yes, I am the fuck up. I'm the one who messed up. I'm the asshole. That's some, that can be really hard for some people. So, you know, again, stories, experiences, and just, I always have women, like I, I want to have more men on the show, but I want guys to learn from the female perspective. Women are not the enemy, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I think th- there's opportunities on both sides. No one's an angel. I just think we just need to communicate clearly more and understand perspectives. And that's another thing, perspective. If you, so that's how we grow as people. And that's how we learn. We, we put ourselves in the other person's shoe and see where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. we can learn from the show. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you, oh, you, I was going to ask you, uh, so you're, <laughs> Your co-host, what's his name? Eric, you said? Eric. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so Eric, uh, he experienced abuse from his wife? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. It, so it's uh, Have you guys I, talked a lot about the the whole Amber Heard, Johnny that's Depp a, thing? Or our, our, this episode this week that just posted episode 41, uh, it was really dedicated to him because the whole case, as ridiculous as it is, and I, I hope Johnny gets his justice, uh, Eric said, Hey man, that reminds me a lot of my, my marriage. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I knew it was bad. I never liked her. Cause as soon as he, he met her, he, he disappeared. She just took him away from his family and his friends. And I never saw him as much as I should have. Yeah. So he shared a lot in the podcast about how she almost killed him a couple of times. by hitting him over the head with like a, these, uh, like a, um, uh, a candlestick, uh, wow. some other things. So it's, it's heartbreaking. You know, and I was, really emotional during the show, like getting angry because yeah. anybody I know and love and I hear them going through that, they shouldn't go through that. But yeah, he definitely experienced that. And um, I know it's kind of rare to hear on the male side, mm-hmm. but he was brave enough to share with it. And uh, I think it gives everybody perspective on how he thought and what he felt and why he felt he didn't deserve to call the police or he shouldn't call the police yeah. and report it. So it's an interesting topic. An yeah. Interesting it, story. It, it's crazy. You hear, you hear a lot of uh, guys say, you even hear cops say it. Yeah. Right. Like if you if you're getting hit by your wife and you call the cops and like things are all broken up around here, like the cops are going to take the dude away. Yep. Nine times out of ten. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like so guys just sort of keep their mouth shut and just take it. 
Yeah. You know? and, and it's funny because uh, I have friends who are police officers as well. And I asked them, you know, the whole Amber Heard case, how, how they've been, and these friends of mine have been on the force 25 years. I asked them, how often does it happen where you go and it's the wife who's saying these accusations and it turns out to be false? And shockingly, they said most of the time. Mm-hmm. And this is female officers and male officers telling me this. And they said, if it wasn't for video cameras inside the house, a lot of men would be in prison. Yeah, because they go to a call, they'll see the woman, of course, beat up. And of course, they'll just go and handcuff the man. But when they go look at the video camera, they, they see they saw this woman in this one story. She's just running in place, yelling at him. She starts pulling her hair out and scratching herself. And she touches him with the hair in her hands, starts touching him so he can get the hair on his body. And she ran face first into the drywall to break her nose. Wow. And she told the police that he was the one who assaulted her. So if it wasn't for those cameras, this man would probably be in, in prison. Because wow. who's going to who's going to believe a man? That's another social norm that I can't stand is like, who's going to believe a man? Uh, yeah. A lot of women know that and they'll play that like Amber Heard did. And uh, that's just that's just wrong. It's so funny. There's there's guys that'll uh, hear this interaction and they'll be like, yeah, see, women ain't shit. You know, like women, <laughs> women, women are they're so they're so, uh, I don't know, deceptive and they do all this stuff. It's like, guys. There's just shitty, there's shitty women out there. There's really great women out there too. Yes. Just, just stop, you know, <laughs> you can't generalize the actions of one person with a whole gender, you know, like, come right. on, man. Yeah. 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 How many, <laughs> like I, how many women have you actually met that have done crazy stuff like that? Cause I haven't met any that I know of anyway, myself. Uh, yeah, like personally, like in real life. No, I had a toxic ex, but she was never abusive. But not yeah. like that. No way. No, yeah. we're doing anything like that. No, no. Luckily, that would <laughs> I'm very face first into a wall to break. Can you believe nose. that? That's Can nuts. You... I'm glad that video, man, that was there for the protect, protect that guy. But luckily, yeah. I, I'm pretty selective in who I allow in my inner circle, especially when I was dating. Yeah. My friends would always give me shit like, why are you so picky? I'm like, well, I'm picky. I have standards. So I was very selective in who I let who I dated and brought back home. Yeah. 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 As, as everyone should. Yeah, I think that's that's one of the biggest problems <laughs> that men and women make is they're just shitty pickers like they like no one yeah. likes being on the dating circuit. It's oh, it's so terrible. So they rush into the next relationship so that they don't have to be on the dating circuit anymore. Yeah. And then they're they're They end up with the wrong person. And then they're like, what? How did this happen? Well, we rushed into you it. Didn't, <laughs> you didn't take your time to filter people out. Like, are you for real? Anyway, that's one thing that shocked me when I started dating, because, again, 2016 is when I became the man whore, right? And I hadn't dated since 1994. So here I am. It's a totally different world. Mm -hmm. And I just, I was shocked. But every woman I dated, and even some guys that I talked to, everybody was scared to be alone. They hated being alone. That's why they were on these dating apps. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. that's not a good reason to date, you know? Yeah. That's really not good. You need to be happy with where your life is at. Here I am preaching these things. And they're like, no. So a lot of people are afraid to be alone. Yeah. You just did a video about... Jerry Maguire and how that has an well. <laughs> it's just yeah. and, I, and I was watching that. I go, I never thought about it that way, but you're right. He at at the end proposes to this girl because he can't be alone. Yeah, she's living <laughs> to San Diego for that job, and he's like, "What if we get married? Is that a proposal?" <laughs> like, "Well, let's get married." It's like this motherfucker. Like, it's it's just funny how you just let movies. You go back and revisit some comedies, and they're just horrible. Oh, completely God. horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that and it, like I said, we'll we'll get to this, but uh, that's that's sort of a the concept too of the the red pill, blue pill, right? Like we're right. all raised with these movies. We're all raised mm-hmm. with these concepts of what love is, like what you're like what dating means, what courtship means, right? What well, women love flowers and stuff, and you're supposed to put them on pedestals, and it's like, yeah, the Hollywood idea of romance. The Hollywood idea of romance is yeah. is just not accurate. You know. I agree. So, <laughs> um, let's uh, let's change gears a little bit here. You did a video the other day uh, talking about uh, your hair transplant. Yeah, and I have I have a, another friend that just did it. Uh, my hairline started receding pretty noticeably in the last year or two. So mm-hmm. this year, I finally just decided, you know what? Fuck, it, I'm just shave gonna it. own it. I'm just gonna own it. I'm gonna shave it. Right. Yeah. So. What made you decide to go the hair transplant route? Oh, I just didn't like how I looked in the video. Uh, I think I shared a clip of me and my girlfriend doing like a evil dead commentary. And I just did not like the way I looked. And mm-hmm. before all this TikTok dating coach thing happened, I was doing movie reviews. I was on camera. I've been on camera since 2016, just doing the crappy movie reviews. And I just didn't like the way I looked. And I was going to shave my head just like you did. And just own it. Why not? Women love bald guys. But I just went and got a consultation. 
And I'm like, you know what? This is something I want to try out because I love my hair. I, I truthfully do. It's, it's, I feel like it's my persona. Even when I was a kid, I used to do the Christopher Reeve curl, you know, because I thought I was Superman, hence the Superman tattoos. I was like always doing something with my hair. Okay. And I just decided to make that decision. But, you know, the funny thing is I was actually like, no, I shouldn't because men don't get surgeries. Women do. And I'm like, mm. why am I feeling that way? It should be more accepted for men to you know, pursue these type of things. Uh, if they want to, why not? Yeah. Women get surgery all the time. BBLs, you know, uh, mommy tucks, breast, uh, breast implants. Yeah. Guys, why is it not socially accepted for us to do that? And I remember having that kind of conflict internally. And I just yeah. decided to do it. Okay. Yeah, I, I actually think guys should, if, if it's going to make you uh, feel better, give you more confidence, like fucking mm-hmm. do it. You know, like yeah. there's uh, that Dr. Robert Glover, he has a book called Dating Essentials for Men. He talked about how... He went down to Mexico, made a whole trip of it and got uh-huh. veneers put in because he was never happy with his teeth. Yeah. I'm like, great. Good for, like, yeah, good for him. Yeah. <laughs> it, it not like that gave me more confidence. Perfect. Yeah. Now, there, there's, um, there's a couple of books I've read. They've talked about, you know, what, what to do when guys start, you know, losing their hair and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so some other options are, are toupee, Rogaine. Um, what's your take on those options? Just. Well, with the surgery, keep in mind, uh, you still have to be on Rogaine. You oh, still you have to take, yeah, you have to take it all the time. And there's a drug they prescribe to you called finasteride, which is a testosterone blocker. I actually had to get off it because during my research, I found out, well, I studied that this could potentially impact your libido yeah. and your sex drive because what causes hair to go away? It's testosterone. So this pill you would take, it blocked it to keep the hair that you had. Mm-hmm. But I noticed three months in after the surgery, I'm taking Rogaine and I'm taking this pill. I had zero sex drive and I have a hot damn girlfriend yeah. and, you know, who dresses up for me. All these things. We have a very fun. I have a pole in my bedroom, dude. That's how that's how kinky we are. And I had yeah. no, yeah. no. <laughs> thanks. I had zero sex drive, dude. I didn't wow. think about it. I was just out of it. And I went to the doctor. I go, look, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm taking. He goes, well, let's test. Let's uh, test your testosterone levels. And they were really low. He goes, yeah, it's because of this pill. So I decided to stop taking the pill. But the consequence of that is you could potentially lose your hair again. Mm. And I'm like, well, I'd rather go bald than feel the way I feel when I have a hot girlfriend next to me in bed. So I stopped taking it. And they say it's a 2% chance, but I guess I met that 2% because it killed it for me. And after three months of stop taking it, I came back. So it's weird. So that's the one con that I would like everybody to be aware of is that pill, that finasteride pill. Gotcha. Yeah, that's... uh that, that that's one of the things that these books talked about. I've read two books on the, the atomic attraction and um, rich Cooper's book, uh, the unplugged alpha, they both talked about what to do. And mm-hmm. that was the biggest complaint about uh, Rogaine specifically. Cause they said Rogaine also lowers your T. Does it? Yeah. Uh, I've been taking it for years. I've never had a no, problem, no with, problem with it, but no. yeah, they said, they said Rogaine uh, lowers your testosterone. And I was like, well, man, I'm like I, the whole purpose <laughs> of like having nice hair and stuff like that. So you can, be attractive and stuff. Yeah. So. And go get it. Yeah. So, yeah. So like, that's why I was like, yeah, that's not an option for me. I, I had no idea that they, that you're supposed to take it with, uh, with the hair transplant though. Yeah. It's a combination of both. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then like, and then the idea of a toupee, I'm just like, you know, I'm not a fan of catfishes, you know? And I feel like, <laughs> I feel yeah. like that's a, that's catfishing for men, you know? It can be, even though some of them look really good now, like, uh, the, yeah. you know, they kind of glue it on your scalp and they comb your hair and cut it with whatever's there. So they look great. But again, personally, I couldn't do that because I'd be too self-conscious and yeah. be coming off and then, you know, eventually it's going to come off whoever I'm dating and that's right. going to either make or break it. I live in but- a crazy windy area. It's been windy for the whole last <laughs> month. Like it would blow off. <laughs> and, and then I'd be on a date and be like, oh, by the way, I'm not the guy I, I, I told you I was. So. You look great bald. You wear it. It looks great on you, man. Thanks. I mean, it, you know, it, it, I did a test run in December. I was like, you know, I think I'm just going to I'm going to shave it. And, and yeah. I, you know, I was in the military, so I, I've always had it short anyway. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to shave it to see how I like it. Mm-hmm. Let it I'm like, I let it grow out again. Just just to make sure. And I was like, yep, that hairline sucks. Time to man. go. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you, like you said, you had a, a, a video where you just didn't like it. Right. Well, I've had, yeah. I've had tons of videos over the last, I don't know, year and a half or so where I'm just, I don't like it. There's assholes in the comments, you know, and yeah. I'm, just, I'm just like, it's time dude. you know, 
and, yeah. and people give me shit about the shaved head too. I'm just like, fuck you, man. Like there's no making um, you happy. <laughs> there's, there's always going to be haters out there, man. It's funny how like I'm immune to that now, but it's funny how that the haters always get my attention. I have like hundreds of like nice comments and that one hater is the one that stands out. I'm like, well, I feel like responding, but I'm not. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. Every once in a while, I'm just like, all right, I'll just leave that comment. I'm not going to. It ain't worth it. It ain't yeah, worth it. It's not worth it. <laughs> it's, it's helped me in the algorithm. Um, <laughs> all right. So I mentioned Red Pill a couple of times. In your yeah. message interaction, uh, when we were setting this up, you mentioned that you, you weren't a Red Pill guy. No. Um, from your perspective, what do you consider Red Pill? Well, I can only uh, share with what I know. Um, there's a few red pill guys that have uh, stitched a couple of my videos and called me a blue pill guy, and I'm a chump and beta. I don't, okay. and uh, I laugh at that. I'm like, okay, whatever, kid. You know, sure. Uh, but it's it's I, I, I associate it with with hate and um, a generalization of women because mm-hmm. we've all had our heart broken yeah. by a woman, right? Of course, and with that event, we can either hate them. Or like I said, re- revisit the circumstances and see what you can take away and learn from that situation. So God, I think yeah. it's just, again, this could be a generalization. I could, I could be completely off. Yeah. Uh, but it's just a, a lot of guys who've had horrible experiences with women that ended, ended bad. And they've chosen to pursue a life that is really not putting women first, uh, putting their needs first and putting uh, their lives first. But it's the it's the it's the comments that I I hear like women are low hanging fruit if they're thirty and over they're they've been run through by hundreds of dudes and they're low hanging fruit single moms are low hanging fruit it's those type of red pill guys that I see maybe they're the extreme version of red pill mm-hmm. and there's a you know a standard red pill but it's those guys that I see the most of and yeah, I think yeah. they're dumbasses for calling people that way because you don't know the circumstances of that person's life and how they ended up the way they are. They're yeah. just making generalizations. Not every woman in their 30 who is married with one kid is low-hanging fruit or been run through by a train by many men. Like, what are you, fucking kid? Like, grow up, man. Come on. That's not the way life works. So it's yeah, yeah. those type of guys that I don't agree with. No, no, I don't agree with them either. I, uh, Yeah, and I, I'm in my 40s. I love women in their 30s. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, yeah, <laughs> like I am if, too, when yeah. Women, if women in their 30s are horny as fuck, dude. Like, what yes. is this? especially in the forties. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, those, those guys are, are, are idiots. So I, I had the same, I had the same, um, concept actually. I started doing this stuff. I was reading, I I was really, a lot of this podcast started after I read a book by a guy named Corey Wayne. So uh, yeah, the 3% man, I know him. Yeah. yeah. I read his book too. Yeah. Okay. Oh, 3% brother. Nice. So so yeah, this whole, this whole thing started with that and there would be guys. So I'm in a group called the 3% man group on Facebook mm-hmm. and there would be guys that would get in that group somehow. And then they would just dump like, you know, red pill shit, like Rolo Tomasi's yeah. nine iron rules and women ain't shit because of whatever. And so we would kick those guys out. And so I had a real negative concept of what red pill is because all these okay. guys are like oh i'm red pill i'm red pill it's yeah. like they get the most attraction and you know yeah th- those yeah, because, videos go viral yeah because the the negativity really right. sells right so um it wasn't until i actually had rollo tomasi on the podcast and mm-hmm. then i had a bunch of other guys that are much more prominent in the space like not just okay. you know random dudes on tiktok like these guys have written books on it you know they have okay you know they site studies and all this stuff. Um, and when you actually talk to those guys and listen to what they say and read their books, you find out that it's not about hitting women at all at all. It's, it's not, Good. Okay. um, it's mm-hmm. more about, uh, let me see if I can put this simply. The red pill is men swapping notes on what women respond to and having that understanding of women for the benefit of men. So when you said they, okay. they sort of put their needs first, that's true. It's yeah. about like understanding what your needs are, making your needs known because a lot of guys like are nice guys. They won't yeah. make their needs known and, you know, <laughs> they'll go and buy a woman like expensive dinners. And then when she doesn't have sex with them, he's like, ah, pissed yeah. off about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, they got a lot to learn. <laughs> right. Right. So they and then they don't understand why they're not getting what they want. You know, it's like, well, you didn't tell her what you wanted. You know, it's stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but the funny thing about it is at least from what I found, my experience is that it's not necessarily to benefit women, but 
when men learn what women respond to, right? women benefit in the end because guys are doing the things that are necessary to attract women. Mm-hmm. And then like women are happier. It's like, yeah, my, yeah. my, my girlfriend treats me like an absolute king. And, Same here. and it's like, it's, it's almost effortless, you know? And she, cause you're being yourself. I'm being my, I'm, I'm being myself, but I'm also, uh, I'm taking the lead in the relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, so and I feel like a lot of guys don't do that either. You know, they're, they're very passive in the relationship, you know, like, the, yeah, like they'll ask their woman, well, honey, what do you want to eat tonight? Uh, you know, <laughs> it's like, well, I don't care, honey. Well, I don't care. And it's and then they're, they're mad about it because their woman won't make the decision. Well, fuck, dude, just tell her <laughs> we're going to have steak tonight, honey. You're welcome yeah. to join me. You know, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> yeah, there you go. And, and as soon as you start doing that kind of stuff, it's funny because like it, it's as soon as I started taking the lead and just making my needs known and being and, and, and having boundaries, like having good boundaries oh, yeah. and yeah. stuff like that, uh, it's totally different. Like she, she relaxes into her feminine. She lets me just, isn't it amazing? Doesn't it feel great? Oh, it's, it's wonderful. It's amazing, man. Yeah. For, for uh, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no go ahead. Uh, for me, it's it's funny because I think I learned everything through accident because like I said, being married 16 years, and going to therapy, even just knowing I tried everything in my marriage and leaving with a clear heart and mind, I was so excited to go into the single world. So I had this rejuvenated energy and I couldn't wait to introduce myself yeah. to everybody. I knew what I wanted. I knew I loved my life. I love my career. I love my side job, which was YouTube at the time. I had my own thing going yeah. and I loved who I was. And every woman that I met, I treated them all the same. I never pursued women like you're beautiful, you're beautiful, like just constantly went after them. They came to me. Yeah. And I know that sounds incredibly cocky, but I just talked to them like a regular person. I didn't make them feel like a princess. I just talked to them like a person, but it was my energy and my confidence yeah. of going up to them and, and, yeah, and not, being but, myself. But, but was you're what saying, say, saying uh, not, not putting them on pedestals and stuff like that, not being needy. Yeah. It's so, it, it's so funny because we're told like, oh, you got to chase these women and you got to no. buy candies and flowers and shit. <laughs> But no. when you don't do that, you treat women like get this a person. Yes, they, they do. They'll they'll they respond to that. Yeah, and they and, will chase you. Yeah, and and if you're confident and you love who you are and where you're at in life, and you don't come off needy, they sense that. Uh, they want to be part of your life, and they are curious about you. Like, why didn't he hit on me? What's going on? So I that's how I really was so successful in the dating world. And I told them all up front, look, I just got divorced. And I don't want a serious relationship. I just want to have fun. And mm-hmm. they loved honesty. They loved that I was humble about life, honesty, and upfront. And even though they may not have liked my answer, like I just want to have fun, they respected that I didn't lie to them. Yeah. And I never lied to anybody to play them or anything like that. I was never that. I was just myself. Mm-hmm. And the way I saw it is like going up to a woman in a bar, which a lot of women would tell me, oh my God, guys don't come up to women anymore. The way my mindset was, I just went through the most horrible event anybody can go through a divorce. Your no, your rejection ain't going to do shit to me Yeah, because <laughs> I've already been through hell. So I just, the worst you can say is no. So yeah. I just had this confidence about me and I still do. And that's what's been really successful in my dating career. And then I find out through uh, the 3% man, all these other things that you have to have that. So I kind of found it by accident yeah, before yeah. finding the book. So that's what really worked for me. So you're a little bit of a natural then. By accident, through yeah, divorce yeah. and through all these circumstances happening. But yes, natural, I guess is the best way to put it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So you were, when you were uh, first getting back on the scene after your divorce, you were meeting women uh, in yeah. public, cold approach, that kind of thing. Yeah. And a lot of them were shocked. A yeah. lot of them were incredible. Well, the guys don't do that anymore. I'm like, well, okay, that's fine. My name's Rudy. How's it going? And I just started. That's how joking. we did it in the nineties. That's yeah. how we did it. You know, you had to work it to actually get a number. It's not like on the phone. It's so easy nowadays on the yeah. phone. It's so damn easy. I think that's maybe that's why it's so toxic because you can easily replace somebody yeah, right away. Like, it's like DoorDash. Yeah, it's so there's no effort in it whatsoever. But yeah, again, that's how I had fun. And I was dating sometimes four at a time. I had like a, two people coming into my house every week. Yeah. For a period of two and a half years. So it got it got crazy, man. So I, I had my fun. Yeah. Yeah. My experience was not the same. So uh, okay. when I got when I got divorced, like you said, uh, you you'd been off the market for so long. Right. Yeah. So I, I when I got divorced. I found myself back on the dating circuit. I had no idea how to date anymore. Right. Um, and 
unlike you, like there, I live in the middle of nowhere, right? So there, there's no place you can go, no nightclubs, nothing like that, where you can meet people organically. There's, there, there's just none of that. If you go to like the local bars here, there's all just like retirees and like old oh, drunks my God. and shit. There's yeah. no, there's no women like my age or, or even younger. They're, they're just not here. Mm-hmm. And so I had to do dating apps. And yeah. so I, I got on the, I, I, I met like all the dates I, I went on, on dating apps, but that first year after I got divorced was just hell. Like I, I went on a bunch of dates that ended up as first dates only never went anywhere. I was too scared to make a move. I didn't know. Like I was waiting for some kind of written fucking invitation. Right. Yeah. And it, it, it really didn't click until, um, I, I rushed into my next relationship and I was with that gal for like four and a half years. Oh, wow. And when, when I broke up with her, um, I was, uh, I was thinner because I I gained a bunch of weight when I, when I first got divorced, I was like 230 pounds or something. Mm -hmm. And so, when I broke up with her, I was, I was a lot trimmer. And so it was easy getting dates. And, and I think it was like a first or second gate date. I had a, a gal text me after the date because I'm too scared to make a move. Mm -hmm. And she texted me. She goes, you know, I'm really disappointed that you didn't try to kiss me. And I was just like, what? Exactly. Right. I was like, Mm -hmm. what, like what do I didn't notice any kind of overt signs that she was into me. Mm -hmm. And so after that, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go for a kiss every time. There if I go. like her, whether, whether, you know, if I like her, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny when I, 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 I tell guys that they're just like, what? Like you don't get assault charges. No, bro. Whoa. It's just a kiss. Most chicks, like if they're not into it, they'll just go like this or whatever. Or and plus there's a cheat. vibe and you feel that you're both on the same level before yeah. you do the move. So yeah, there's all those signs. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, and sometimes chicks are just as nervous as you are. So they're not putting out all these like overt body language signs too, because they don't know what the fuck they're doing either, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> so I was just, I would just go in. If I liked her, I'd go in for awesome. a kiss. And like most of the time, like chicks were into it. Like I, I like I said, 99.9%, they were, they were down. Right. Yeah. And then there was like, you know, that small percentage that were just like, Oh, mm, you know, and you're like, yeah. okay, well, I'm stuck. I call you again, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> but to your point, I, I, I've always been assertive. Even when I was in sales, I've always been a, a closer. Okay. And I remember when I would go on dates, if there was a vibe and, you know, by, by the way, first dates for me, since I was divorced and I went from dual incomes to one, I was working three jobs. The first date was always drinks. Yep. And if we, because it's cheap, not cheap, but it's not like dinner, like $300 dinner. So but if, you, if it doesn't work out too, it's over yeah. after one drink. Yeah, that's it. And yeah. it's like, I don't like talking to people over eating, like, you know, what if I spit when I'm talking or something like that? Or right. I, so it was always drinks. And if we hit it off, then dinner was like the next week. Yeah. So I met everybody. And if there was a vibe, you know, if she, if her knee touches my knee or she's smiling at me, I always went in for a kiss on the first date always. Yeah. And you know, of course you read the vibe and be sure it wasn't like assault. Like these other guys, I didn't do it, you know, with them not looking or anything like that, but guys I always so went in for a kiss. So they are. And it, again, as long as your intentions are fine and you, the vibe is there, you're it's okay. And a lot of women were impressed by that. And my assertiveness, even on de- dating apps, like I asked them, hey, what are you doing Saturday? Oh, I have no plans. What's I have no plans. Well, guess what? You're meeting me here at eight o'clock. And they're, oh, I my like God. That. That's a good yeah. way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And the, oh, my God, no guy's ever done that. Like, no, I'm telling you, you're going to be there f- with me at yeah. eight o'clock. And they love that. They do. They absolutely they do. love that. So, again, I was just assertive, yeah, but not overly aggressive, if that makes any sense. There is a difference between the two. Yeah. I've had... Uh, I, I, I found telling them like, meet me at this place at this time and yep. having a plan is like, you'll oh, get yeah. so many more, so much, so many more yeses that way. But and, and occasionally you'll get some kind of gal that's like, oh, oh, you're just telling me what to do. I, I'm not doing I'm like, okay, well then this isn't going to work out, hon. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> it's funny. Cause, and then I'll get guys argue with me like, oh, you can't tell women to do that. Like, yeah, you can. Yes, you and, can. And if, and if, they don't want to do it. That's fine. But you're also sort of testing their ability to follow you, you know, cause you, you want to be the leader yeah. and, uh, and if they won't follow, then they're just not the right person for you. And, and that's okay. Yeah. And it, it comes <laughs> down to like, if they have all these uh, preconceived notions on what women think, you know, I can't do that. They just don't have confidence in themselves yet because we've all been around people who are uncomfortable in their own skin and it makes the whole room awkward and you don't want to be around them. So women yeah. can sense that too. So 
before you go dating guys who are listening, you have to be confident in yourself, love who you are and know which, know your place in the world. Now I know that could be difficult for some people, but knowing who you are speaks volumes mm-hmm. and women can sense authenticity versus someone faking or playing a role. Yeah. Oh, that brings up an, another good point too. Cause someone asked me today in, in one of the comments of, of some video, they're like, Hey, can you do a video about how, when you approach women, like it's only acceptable if you're some kind of attractive looking guy because ugly guys, it's not acceptable. And I'm like, but that's stupid. That's, that's a dumb video. I'm never going to do that because the reason why women are like really turned off by ugly guys, it's, it's not because he's ugly necessarily. It's because he approached in a creepy fashion. Like if he comes up, he's all sweaty. He's nervous. He's like, (laughs) (laughs) um, you're so hot. You know, like, She's yeah. going to be like, ooh, get away from me. Yeah. But if he that just, same guy came up with confidence, even if she said no, she's not going to be, you know, she's not going to be a bitch about it. <laughs> yeah. Confidence speaks volumes. Like I said, if they're, again, they have to be comfortable in their own skin. I mean, put your best foot forward. I mean, if you're single, uh, whatever, you know, items you have that are maybe insecurities, work on them. Like mm-hmm. I had horrible teeth in the early, when I was in my 30s. So I got Invisalign. Oh. And uh, for me, honestly, like women love a good smile. So I, when I found that out, it really helped me out. Yeah. Like, oh my God, like a smile can change the energy of the room. So work on any insecurities you have. You, you know, if you think you're big, go to the gym, whatever the case is. But when you approach anybody, just be comfortable with who you are. Don't you don't play a role, be yourself, yeah. be authentic. And that, that, that'll be more, more successful than, you know, these lines or whatever these dating guys are telling you. <laughs> that reminds me too. Like, what do you, what do you think about guys that are like, just be yourself, bro? Just be yourself. <laughs> Just be yourself. Well, that's what I do. Uh, but I know yeah. it's a. Uh, it's kind of tough to say because it's. I'm 45, and like I said, at 39, when is when I started dating, I I had lived a long life. So to tell somebody that in their early 20s, that's kind of yeah. difficult. Uh, but again, everybody, uh, a woman loves men with drive and purpose, and it doesn't come off needy, right? You, yeah. you know, if you have a side hustle, if you have a YouTube channel, a podcast, something that you love, people love being around people that. Are passionate about life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're complaining and nagging, playing the victim card, some guys will confuse that for being vulnerable. There's a difference. You can be vulnerable, but have a plan. But mm-hmm. if you come off needy and being the victim, that's where it gets a little like a turn off, turn off a sort of scenario. Yeah. But if you're passionate about a job, you love your job or a side hustle and you have ambition, that's something. Yeah. That's something to start off with. Yeah. My, I, I don't like the people that are just like, just be yourself, bro. Just be, <laughs> just because of this. Right. I, I, I look at it like, yeah, be yourself. If being yourself is getting you the results that you want. Right. But if, right. if you being yourself it is not getting you the results you want, well, something's got to change. Yeah. <laughs> you got to learn, you got to learn game. You got to learn how to talk to people. You got to learn, you know, like, yes. you know, stuff like that, you know, yeah. And I think maybe with sales, like my, my experience with sales, I was selling sunglasses and you know, I sold cars for a little bit in my life. So I've always been, I'm always a go-to go up to anybody. So I think yeah. if you have any insecurities that's in talking to women, natural. there you go. I guess that's what it is. I've been yeah. doing it since I was 18. But uh, I think if guys, maybe just go up to guys, talk to anybody. Like if you're, if you have problems with talking to people, just go out and just meet people. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be women. Yeah. Just go up to people and just have a conversation. And then before you know it, apply those principles to women because they're no difference. Yeah. Treat them, treat everybody the same. Yeah. Yeah. The reason why I say that, that that's why you're a natural is because dating is sales. I mean, you're, you're selling sell- yourself, you're legit selling yourself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I do feel like guys that have some kind of experience in sales, whatever, uh, they're just, they learn, you know, how to talk to people. Yeah. <laughs> they there's learn. body language, eye contact, there's reading a room. Uh, there's, there's a whole bunch of things. Yeah. So it, fear it definitely loss. did help fear of loss, fear of rejection. And <laughs> you got to get over that, man. Yeah. Everybody gets told no. I don't care no, who you but are. Th- I did. I did sales for a little bit when I got out of the Navy. I did door to door office supply sales. Oh God. How was that? Ooh, brutal. Um, I, bet. <laughs> I actually got, I, I ended up, it took me about a month, but I finally got the hang of it. And I, I actually started doing pretty good at it, but I mean, yep. it was, it was a grind. It was commission only. And oh yeah. So just door like all day long, start on one block, walk your way, just knocking on every door. Oh man. Trying to sell printer cartridges or whatever. Yeah. I mean, you get a lot of doors slammed in your face. Uh, you know, people are, are a little less likely to be 
really rude to you. Like, like if you're doing telesales, yeah. but, but you'll still get the occasional like complete jerk. I've been thrown out of buildings from security for, oh my for, God. for soliciting. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you just like, there are certain psychological sales tactics that you learn doing sales. And like, like, like I said, fear of loss was one of them. And, mm-hmm. and what was another thing that we would do? We'd say, oh, you know, I just sold a bunch of print, printers and stuff to your, your neighbor next door. They bought like five of them. Like they, like everyone wants what everyone else has too. They're like, oh, they did? Well, I'll put an order <laughs> in, you know, it's like, there's little tricks like that, but I find mm-hmm. game is the same way, you know, like <laughs> it is <laughs> dealing, it, dealing with uh, the dating circuit and stuff like that. A lot of those principles, it works too. It definitely does. Uh, again, I know be yourself is not the, what we want to say, but just uh, being comfortable in your own skin. Like I said, being humble. Yeah. And every first date, I think, uh, like I tell guys on my on my TikTok page, like don't go on dates thinking this is the next wife or you're going to hook up that night. Just let the night happen organically, naturally. Just meet her. Yeah. Don't have any anticipation because then you're going to be thinking about what's going on the next couple of hours. Am I going to take her home versus focusing on the moment? Yep. Just focus on the moment. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But I think people just put way too much pressure on themselves or ideas and they get, they get in their own head yeah. before they even meet the person. So, yeah. Oh, and it's so bad too. Uh, before they've even met them, like you said, like on the dating apps, they get into texting and they're falling in love. They're pitching already picturing having yeah. <laughs> kids with these people and shit. It's like, you haven't even had a fucking drink with this person yet. Like stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They get, they get focused on that outcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Rudy, we're at about an hour here. Okay. This conversation has been great, man, but I think we should wrap up. Um, where can people find you online? Uh, mainly on TikTok right now. Again, my handle is uh, Rudy A. Official. I, I'm working on a new title, but that's where I'm at. I'm also starting a new YouTube channel just titled Rudy A. It's a lot of my content. I'm just going to bring it in. I'm working on long form videos versus the short form like we have on TikTok and also mm-hmm. on Instagram. All Rudy A. or Rudy A. Officials where you can find me. Are you... Are you uh, uploading your your TikToks to uh, reels and and shorts as well? I am doing that. Yeah, it can be a pain sometimes because again, it seems meticulous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I am doing that as well. Oh, and of course, the Gen X podcast we just started. We're forty one episodes in. Uh, we're in the top fifty percent of uh, podcasts in the country. Uh, so we're doing really good. Uh, our demographic is a lot of women. Even my demographic on my TikTok page is a lot of women. So I'm slowly trying to reach out to men and talk mm-hmm. to them more. Oh, good. Yeah, very good. Yeah, I uh, going back to to YouTube and Reels and stuff like that. I after I got banned, um, I was like, I need to branch out. I can't just be on TikTok anymore. So yeah. I started taking advantage of Reels and uh, and Shorts, mm-hmm. and I found that Shorts really helps you build a following on YouTube. You know, because because oh, okay. YouTube's trying to compete with TikTok, so they they push those Shorts really well. So I got to start doing more of those. I was actually banned twice on TikTok for hate speech. I'm like, what? I, I don't hate anybody. Like what's going on? And the I never permanent got a ban or, or just like it was a ban. permanent ban. And then all of a sudden I just reached out to as many uh, TikTok handles as I could and told them, look, just watch the video. I don't talk about hate. Yeah. It just uh, it was a feminist who didn't like what I had to say. And she yeah. reported me as hate. And eventually it got lifted. So I'm back. I've been back uh, since uh, what? Six months ago. Okay. Yeah. I've been banned twice and they got to work on that type of a uh, that those guidelines, because it's not right to ban a whole platform based on, oh, yeah. you know, a couple of comments or reports. Yeah. I, I tried appealing my original account and it, they wouldn't give it back. So I've wow. been slowly building this account back up since uh, June last year. Uh, and mm-hmm. man, it's, it's been a struggle. So I'm like, I, yeah. I, I try to color within the lines so I don't upset the feminists. I, I pre-block <laughs> a lot of them, like the big ones, like Drew, Drew Afwalo or whatever her name is. Yeah. I, I, I blocked her as soon as I heard about her and going after guys. I'm like, nope, that's not happening. <laughs> yeah. And in my opinion, it's, it's so irresponsible. There's a lot of female. There's one, Carrie, I forget her name. Uh, she re- stitched one of my videos and called me a misogynist, which I'm not. Yeah. If you just watch four of my videos, you'll know I'm not. But I had thousands of women attack me. And uh, some of them were even messaging me my inbox on uh, Instagram saying that they were going to report me as an abusive father and get my kids taken away. Wow. It's, it's amazing how, again, I know these creators have a narrative. I don't agree with that. But to, to call somebody out and know your following can go and have an impact on somebody like this. I'm luckily I was mature enough to handle that, but yeah. somebody else that can really affect them. Yeah. So it, it, they got to be more careful with that, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't, I don't, maybe Elon Musk can buy TikTok. We'll see. <laughs> Here's hoping. 
Yeah. All right, Rudy. Been great talk to you, man. Have a good evening. All right. You too, Paul. Thanks a lot. Rudy, thanks again for joining me. I really appreciate it. I also really appreciate that you also had me on your show. A lot of times guys will reach out and we'll, we'll discuss you know, them coming on the podcast and I'll suggest doing a guest swap because that's what I would really prefer to do. Like if you guys want to come on the podcast and you have your own podcast, like let's do a guest swap. Okay. Um, <laughs> so Rudy, thanks for having me on. Uh, every once in a while guys will come on and then uh, they will screw me and won't, they want, they don't want me on their podcast for whatever reason. Maybe because I'm a, an asshole. Maybe that's why. Maybe I'm just a, a, a like a real dickhead. You know what I mean? But that's okay. I own it. (laughs) Oh, man. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate it. We'll see you next week on Monday. This has been the Come On Man podcast. New full episodes served hot every Monday morning on your favorite podcast platform of choice. So subscribe now. Follow Paul on social media. The links are in the description. Now, go out and get it.